welcome to our listeners. Uh, as you all are aware, we are the Out of Towners, and we would like to introduce a new feature that we are calling Two Footed, where we go in hard on the topics that we, and hopefully you, feel need more coverage uh, than just a mention during our weekly roundup on a Saturday. So this week, we decided, didn't we, Simon, that in tribute to the late Gordon Banks, that we'd look in depth at goalkeepers. I think it's only right, isn't it? Um, yeah. What a an amazing career he had really amazing goalkeeper amazing man um, he was seen as he was almost a visionary wasn't he as a goalkeeper he was see, well, he was seen by the uh, the International Federation of Football History and Statistics as the second greatest keeper ever and it could be argued that he was the greatest keeper ever couldn't it yeah I mean keepers have gone through you'd probably argue two style of moulds mm. post post war probably yeah you probably had up until the premier league years maybe you could argue mm. you had the keepers who very much on the line very much about stopping shots yeah commanding defenders and things like that yeah and then you move into the more acrobatic type of goalkeeper who's here there and everywhere but i think the one thing that has stayed is the goalkeeping mentality. Yeah, they've got to be nutters, haven't they? Absolutely. Got to be nutters. nutters. Yeah. Um, he, we, you can't mention Gordon Banks without mentioning that save against Pele. Oh, and he doesn't even class <laughs> that as his best He save. doesn't. 90, 1970, uh, World Cup in Mexico, group game. I mean, you've you've all seen it, and if you haven't seen it, you need to go on YouTube. It, it's it is incredible, isn't it? I mean, Pele does everything right. Almost oh. to the point where he's wheeling away. Yeah, I mean, it's in scored. the corner, it's yeah. more down. He it down into the yeah. ground. And the fact it isn't just the fact that he kind of palms it away. He gets enough of a hand on it to get it up and over the bar. How it goes out for a corner from it's, the position that Gordon Banks' hand first touches it is ridiculous. It defies laws It's, it's on the physics. line, <laughs> if not slightly past it. And he scoops it, not only to the right of him, but around the post and crossbar, as it turns out to be, by the looks of it. Yeah. It's amazing. It's incredible. And I remember uh, we were talking about this off mic um, before last week's weekly roundup. Um, and you've just mentioned it there. He didn't even consider it as his best save, did no, he? No, he didn't, no. Uh, it was that penalty save against one of his international teammates, uh-huh. to Jeff Hurst. Uh, Jeff Hurst for West Ham. Absolutely uh, mullered it. I know, yeah. Gordon, uh, Gordon Banks was in, in net for Stoke at the time. Uh, and the reason Banks thinks that's his greatest ever save, yes, it was a penalty save. Uh, the game ended 3-2. Um, he says it's entirely down to, like you mentioned, how hard Jeff Hurst hits a ball. Yeah. And you, we've seen it. I'd argue that it's, I mean, who am I to argue the great Gordon Banks? Probably I mean, not nobody. Really absolutely yeah, nobody. Because um, I've never faced a penalty taker like Jeff Hurst. No. The power he hits it with. I mean, both are incredible saves. For the acrobatic um, nature, I'd have gone Pele. And I'm sure well, a lot of people would have said yeah, Pele. Yeah. But he obviously has his reasons behind that. Um, I think it might have had a bit bit of added spice, it being his international teammate Probably, as well. Probably, yeah. Um, at club level as well. So, I mean, we could be here for hours and hours talking about how amazing Gordon Banks is I mean, as a the, goalkeeper. The thing is as well, though, you know, very loyal as well. You mean mm. he played 293 games for Leicester. Yeah. And then moved on to Stoke, who mm-hmm. played 194. Now, he did yeah. start at Chesterfield, and he did come out of retirement for, it looks like, a season for yeah. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. That was after he had his 
car crash yeah, his eye injury, injury yeah. and thing which sort of rub, robbed him maybe of a couple of years really maybe but he carried on playing though and he still he did. You, you look at some of the clips on YouTube again he's still making saves and that's all that's basically almost being blind in an eye and doing that yeah. it's incredible but when you've been doing that at that level for so long I suppose it, it some of it becomes sort of second nature second nature yeah, almost yeah. I suppose and I bet his reading of the game even though he had especially his later career where he had the eye injury and things mm. I bet it didn't change a damn bit I bet no. he was still as sharp as he ever was oh definitely definitely I think I do think and this is tinged with a little bit of sadness that, that I mean you see Bobby Moore I mean I know he was treated poorly in the aftermath of the World Cup um, and in his later years but uh, Bobby Moore was nice you've got Sir Bobby Moore you've got Sir Jeff Hurst as well yeah you, it's I'm a little disappointed that Gordon Banks didn't get that kind of day at the Palace. Um, he's very, he seemed to have been a very humble man, so it may not have bothered him. But he's the only English goalkeeper to ever have won a World Cup. The only think of all yeah, the English goalkeepers true. in the history of the game. He's he's one like he's one goalkeeper. Yeah. To have won, and I do think he probably should have been honoured in life. Um, I'd like to think he'd be honoured posthumously, but. Especially with his record, I've been just looking at what what I mean. I'm sure these awards are nice to have. I'm sure it's not the end of He got uh, the Writers Association uh, had him down as Football of the Year in 1972, and to w- and to win that as a goalkeeper as well. Yeah, is rare. Well, he's and he won FIFA Goalkeeper of the Year six times. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I was just looking, and the International Federation. This is a wordy organization. Mm. The International Federation of Football History and Statistics. Named him second best goalkeeper of the 20th century um, after, obviously, the great um, Yashin. Yeah. Um, and just ahead of Dino. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, that scores, without saying, you, you can look at his stats, you can look at everything he did, but to be honoured that highly. He was clearly, I mean, people would probably argue that he was a top goal, like I mentioned earlier, people would probably argue he's better than Yashin. Uh, there'll always be debates yeah. either side. Uh, down to bias but what's not in doubt is the standing that he was uh, held in by the footballing community you heard all the output the, the outpouring of grief um, after um, his passing away um, and that's what I love about the football community yeah. because it, it, it all comes back out doesn't it you know ex-professionals and people yeah. who played against him and all that you know one, all comes to the one thing that stuck with me and I mentioned it to you was a story that a reporter on the radio mm-hmm. uh, mentioned whereas um he met Gordon Banks uh, a few times, but he told Banks that his son was trained to be a goalkeeper. Yeah. And did he have any advice for him? Now, you hear this kind of story all the time where you see uh, young lads asking footballers for advice. What advice can you give me? Or just just um, always put in 100%, mm. never shirk a tackle. Or, you know, all those cliches. Yeah, yeah, of course. And apparently Banks didn't adhere to any of those cliches. He wrote this really detailed letter to this young lad who he'd never met before. He'd obviously met the reporter. Yeah. He, he wrote this really detailed letter to this young lad all about goalkeeping so about hand positioning about distribution when to lead with which hand and, and it was that tactical yeah. depth and analysis that he went into for this lad that he'd never known but probably shows the, the making of the man as well exactly that that's what I mean yeah. to... took the time out of his day to write this in-depth look at goalkeeping to help someone else well they call it a union don't they yeah and, and and goalkeepers union did around mm. quite a lot and I think it is because the job is so um, tricky really with everything that's going such on such a specialism isn't yeah, it, it is. and I think you know they, they very much do stick together mm. um, and it's it, it was a sad day it was really um, 
I think should we um, should we move on to the, so, go- yeah. the goalkeepers that Banks no doubt inspired. Yeah, a little bit more towards our time, maybe. Yeah, than, yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah. I've I've written down a couple um, that span obviously ten to twenty years. The likes of Peter Schmeichel, Shea Given, Brad Friedel, Paul yeah. Robinson, David I've sort James. Of used Premier League years. Yeah, David yeah. Team, Neville Southall, kind of both, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, was all the Premier League, and all. Um, I mean, I mentioned to you off mic. A big nickname for any decent goalkeeper at the time was the cat, of wasn't course, it? And, yeah, yeah. and that kind of tells you everything that people wanted of a goalkeeper. They wanted athleticism, yeah. reflexes, um, and that's that was very representative of the time, I think, anyway. Yeah, and I mean, looking at some of these names that I've written down, it just brings back so many memories. For some of them. <laughs> yeah, um, the the number ten that I've sort of given, mm. um, and I've used that word appropriately, is Shea. Yeah, Shea Given. Uh, played for a lot of teams. Yeah, um, he did. He uh, did. Top flight, notably us yeah. uh, at Newcastle. He played 451 games in total in the Premier League. Which That's incredible. Is an incredible yeah, career. It is, yeah. Uh, also played for City, Villa, Stoke. And of course, he was at Blackburn for a short while at the yeah. start of his career. Mm. Um, he had 113 clean sheets. That's one in four, which yeah. is... Considering hard. at the time, he didn't always play for the team that was... Well, new challenge, yeah, challenge. Oh, well, actually, titles. I've got a stat here. Eighty-nine of that one hundred and thirteen clean sheets came at Newcastle. That's incredible. Where we only finished in the top half for four of his twelve years at us. Mm. So for two thirds of his career at Newcastle, we finished out of the top half, and he was still and getting he clean still sheets. Got clean yeah. sheets. I, I just remember him. He was the utter professional. He was a shot stopper. He That's was. When we, talk, when we talk about styles of goalkeeping, he was an incredible shot stopper. I remember, there was a, and, and you're not going to, you're not going to like me for saying this, do you remember the 5-1 at St. James's that we beat you with? No. <laughs> it was the it was the day before Stevie was arrested for that kind of altercation yeah, yeah. at the nightclub. Um, and, and we did go on to run up a, a, a massive score, but just before Stevie scored the first goal that went in off both posts, I think that was about half oh, an hour yeah. in, and Given had already made about six incredible saves. Yeah. Like I was sat there, I was on holiday in Gran Canaria, and I was sat there in the bar with all the Newcastle fans, and they were convinced up until Stevie scored that they were going to get something from the game because of Shea Given, yeah, yeah. because he'd made that many saves. They, they kept saying, you can't keep missing these chances, no. you can't keep... And we weren't missing them. He was just pulling off acrobatic save after acrobatic save. What incredible. I loved about Shea was uh, his he had no fear of coming to the ball mm. the amount of times that I saw him head a ball outside of his box mm. back to the halfway line yeah. no problem incredible um, but yeah you, you, we can't really talk about goalkeepers of that Premier League era without really mentioning Schmeichel though probably the most decorated goalkeeper probably of I, the, yeah I agree probably the best goalkeeper of the Premier League of era, that era really. of that era definitely yeah. um, there were certain things that weren't his forte like playing out from the back but Schmeichel was like we said he had that those um, those characteristics he he was able to manage the defence you yeah. looked at him screaming at his back line to get into position I loved the I think it was Gary Neville who was talking about Schmeichel and he was saying Schmeichel hated deflections mm. he said he if it looks like you're going to get in the way, get out. Get out. I'd, I'd rather have the yeah. flight of the ball yeah. any day. And, and that's think, his shot stopping. Again, yeah. we're coming back to goalkeeping in that era. Being It's the bread and butter shot stopping. Absolutely. doesn't matter what you do with it afterwards. Shot stop. Distribution, fair enough. But you, your bread and butter, stop that ball from going over the line. Also, and, a record, as well as the, the many records, he had a very strange record, did you, Michael? Go on. 
He was the first goalkeeper to score in the Premier League. Really? That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Against against Everton. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. nice. So, um, he, was, he was a nutter as well. You saw him constantly screaming yeah. at his back line. At anyone who, who'd listen, but really. Five trophies. Yeah, you can't argue. You can't argue, was, argue can't and, you? and you'd probably argue that um, that United really struggled in his absence. When he left, it took them almost six years, six I Six years before. Six years the Van der Sar came. Van der Sar, Van der Sar yeah. was quality. But you'd argue that... Four trophies. I mean, look at that. Exactly. That says all of it. But, I mean, it took them, the likes of Massimo Taibi, Fabian Bartes, to I get... liked Fabian. <laughs> he, so he, did I. Well, yeah. <laughs> you talk about them being slightly unhinged. Mm. Fabian had it. Oh, he did. He, he really he was, did. He was a nutter. Again, he was a, he was a complete nutter. He was, yeah. um, but I want to talk about a goalkeeper who kind of represents limbo with this we've spoken about styles of goalkeeper yeah changing Joe Hart yeah well, obviously City won their first league early in the kind of 2010s didn't they uh, the first league under this yeah. this new management this new this being owned by Abu Dhabi and Joe Hart was integral to that he's not a football playing goalkeeper which we'll move on to talking about in a minute but he was an incredible shot stopper you couldn't you couldn't Get he was England's goalkeeper times. for so long. Yeah. The amount of times I'd watch him, and we spoke to Danny about him briefly off mic last time, didn't yeah. we? About how good he was for City and how integral he was to Mancini's first uh, league title. And now, now that style of goalkeeping has changed, he can't even get into Burnley's first team. Yeah, and I think a lot to do with that. I think just circling back around to Shamarico, um, I think that the ruling about the the passing back and things like that mm. changed and I think that started to yeah, open up a couple of these flaws and I think with Joe Hart you're absolutely right I think I think it's his left hand side that he's he's weaker on I think so and yeah but no goalkeepers absolutely well Perfect not today anything. anyway no, no. because they've got so many things they need to yeah, work exactly. on um, but I think in terms of like you say that in between era Joe Hart two Premier League titles amazing player at the time I think he, he has become a little bit of a almost like a meme of himself yes, now, he's almost he? a figure a figure of ridicule which is yeah. which is kind of unfair he he brings on he brought on some of it himself with those ridiculous head and shoulders adverts <laughs> um, yeah. but it is a shame because he, he should be he should go down as a decorated goalkeeper I think he um, will and yeah think... he probably will in time um, but talking about Joe Hart moves perfectly on to what I'd say is the current crop of goalkeepers. Because as soon as Pep came into City, he decided he didn't want him. Because yeah. he, as soon as he, he decided, Joe Hart can't do what I want my keeper to do. And what a lot of managers want their keepers to do now is be able to play out from the back. And that's not just pass it to your full-back or pass it to your centre-back. It's almost sometimes sidestep a centre-forward and play it into midfield. Distribute. Distribute, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, has Edison's, I think, assisted at least... One Aguero goal this year, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It must have been done. And I think you're absolutely right. I think the new modern day version of a goalkeeper is very much the ability to play with your feet. And I think Pep has also ushered in this ability where defenders are needing to do it now. Mm, yeah. uh, that's a whole new discussion for us. But yeah. in terms of goalkeepers, they are part of the 11 yeah. that are involved in getting a goal. I think the two at the forefront, and you've mentioned Edison, it's Edison and Allison. I, I think both of them are at the forefront uh, for different reasons Edison because he's basically he was a massive uh, reason City just ran away with the league last year oh, he yeah. gave, and he gave them so much more um, as opposed to the likes of Joe Hart and Bravo who yeah. 
who Pep did bring in to play that sweeper-keeper role and didn't do very well at all. No. But he eventually got his keeper in Edison and that pushed City on. And Alisson, in the same way, to a degree, has changed the way we play. We're not as dynamic pushing forward like breakneck speed, but we're built from the back now. And I know um, we were recording this on a Wednesday, the night after, the day after we played Bayern Munich last night. There were a couple of dodgy passes. I'd rather him keep attempting that because it's obvious how we've changed and how we've improved with Alisson there. But we talk about these two, and I don't think it's a fluke that the Brazilian either. Brazilians are known for being yeah, quality and when footballers. You, think, you wouldn't probably call them to the best keeper in the world as well. And David De Gea is very a very different footballer to him. Mm. I think De Gea has, has gone through maybe 18 months of, of a dark period. I think he's mm. starting to come out of it now. Yeah, he probably is. But there is no debating for me when he is on form regardless of what's in front of him, Phil Jones mainly, <laughs> he has the ability to stop footballs at just about anywhere. How many years has he won United's player of the year? Exactly. That's, that says it all to me. You know, and I think at the minute, as we talk in 2019, there isn't a better goalkeeper in world football when he's playing well. Yeah. And it's the same with any player, isn't it? When yeah, of course, when well. they're playing well. Um it is important to note, though, that this whole sweeper-keeper, this keeper who can play with his feet, isn't brand new. I know Pep brought it yeah. in with Edison. Um, I've written down, like, Victor Valdez did it at Barca. He was able oh, to yeah. start attacks yeah. uh, with this tiki-taka. Manuel Neuer, you could argue, was one of the very first who perfected it. I know he's not been as great this season, but Manuel Neuer as a sweeper-keeper for Germany as well, as well as Bayern. Known, was he was incredible. known to be sort of in the central defensive midfielder position. Yeah, it was, yeah, time, sometimes. It? it was ridiculous. And going even further back than those, um, I, it reminds me of a, a funny story I heard Graeme Souness tell about Bruce Grobelar. Souness would be in midfield for that Liverpool team, that dominant Liverpool team yeah. in the 80s. Uh, it'd be being closed down and he hears a shout, I'm free to your right, and he's expecting to turn to his, his midf- right midfield or his right fullback, and it's his goalkeeper. I mean, <laughs> Sunes used a few expletives in that in that, I'd imagine. In that story, but he turns around and he's shocked to see his goalkeeper down the right-hand side, and he's thinking, Brucey, what are you doing? And Grobelar was one of these. Yeah, he was quite athletic, and he was quite um, his reflexes were incredible, but he, he fancied himself a footballer. Yeah. You, could, you could YouTube Bruce Grobelar. So footballers... Playing with uh, goalkeepers playing as footballers with their feet uh, rather than their hands isn't brand new. I just think it's more accepted. It, it's more accepted now, and it's and it's winning teams thing. It's winning teams thing. Yeah. Like City yeah. dominated domestically last year. The two teams challenging at the top of the league this year both yeah. have keepers who are confident with their feet. But it's one of those, isn't it? And we talk we talk a lot about. I know you use the word cyclical quite a lot about I football. Do, yeah. You know the. The idea of a shot stopper, mm. they're still there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk about um, you talked about Valdez. Yeah. But on the other side of Spain, well, not the other side of Spain, not too far away in Spain, but um, was like Casillas, yeah. who wasn't as you wouldn't say wasn't as proficient with his feet. No. But could outstop a ball. He could, and it, and with with the likes of Valdez and Casillas, and most goalkeepers of top teams. Um, a big characteristic that they need to have is um, is patience. Like sometimes they could have nothing to do for yeah. eighty five minutes and be called upon like that, yeah. and it, they have to do something. And more often than not, the likes of Casillas and Valdez were able to do that in the big games. Uh, Edison, that's one thing that I know Danny um, has mentioned a couple of times. You don't know if Edison, when called, because he's conceded a few in the last few yeah, games, yeah. Um, and you could call that a lack of patience, a lack of. 
uh, yeah. focus. But I think goalkeeping is very much an old man's game in terms yeah. of a football. I think yeah. you uh, you very much get better with age. I mean, you just need to look at Seaman, I think, mm. in terms of being a goalkeeper. Yeah. And, and you saw what age did to him. Uh, he got better and better mm. as the years went on. And I think in terms of, you look at De Gea now, he's got better and better as yeah. the years have gone on. There's been dips and we can go it, but I think Edison, Allison, they will just improve. Well, yeah, of course. With experience. Which, which is scary for other teams. It is. It's a scary prospect. A, a better Edison and a better Allison from where they are now. But we're in, a, we're in a position now where technology has never been as well utilised. No. The weaknesses will be found out. Mm. And it's it's that balance of striker to goalkeeper, yeah, isn't it? Course, it's, yeah. Can a striker out-train, out-learn the goalkeeper? And that's what's fascinating about, especially that one position. Yeah. I think it's the most um, interesting position on the pitch, really, in terms of of what they're doing at all times and the, and the characters yeah I mean they are characters I mean we've not even talked about like the stature of a player you look no. at somebody like uh, Pickford at Everton mm. he's he's a short man for, for a goalkeeper yeah. um, Pepe Reina as well yeah Pepe Reina was, Reina. Yeah. yeah but they still managed to get themselves better I, I think height is a big part of the the union in terms mm. of, of being a great goalkeeper but it's not the necessity it's not the be all if you can anymore. if you're athletic enough to get to those top corners or bottom corners then you you know as a taller man it's harder to get maybe to start and, moving and coming back to Gordon Banks Gordon Banks wasn't the tallest goalkeeper no. at all he was just extremely agile like yeah. ridiculously so yeah so uh, <clears throat> I just think it's an interesting topic goalkeepers and we could talk for hours and hours couldn't we we could uh, this, this being our first um, episode of our two footy series I think it's been more cordial than the next few will be definitely I but yeah. I think that was also right because really it's a look at goalkeepers because of Gordon Banks isn't it really um, and this this series for, for our listeners this two footy series will be out every Wednesday won't it where, yeah we'll probably get it out yeah. every Wednesday as such um, and next week's we'll be looking at refereeing and VAR so hopefully, if if you want a bit more arguing, a bit more um, opposing opinions, could do with listening next week. And joining in our Twitter, yeah, uh, which Agreed. is at Toners Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really do want people to start to uh, to interact with us, and we do. we've got we... things in the pipelines. But you know, the the, the ones of you who are there, they're listening, we want to know what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying. Exactly. Um, We're by fans, for fans, and. This series, especially, we obviously do our weekly roundup at a weekend, but this series, the two footed series, we want you to tell us what you want us to cover. Yeah. What, what you think we should be covering in more detail. Obviously, goalkeepers this week, refereeing in VAR next week. What more, what else do you want us to have a look at? And we're also welcome to people coming on, aren't we, really? Absolutely. I think uh, as part of We Record on Anchor, yeah. I think as part of the Anchor podcast, if you watch our Anchor, I think as part of it, you can send. Um, voice recordings to us okay. uh, which we then can add to the podcast yeah. and we can answer we can talk about so you know if there's anything like that but I think the best place at the minute to get us is Towner's podcast yeah. um, and we, you know we'd be really grateful if you could check it out and, and just let us know where you're from really and, and, and um, who you support really definitely okay well I think that's uh, that's us wrapped up um, any more on goalkeepers no I think we've I think We've covered it um, as as generally as we can. Yeah. I think um, it was right to do so for Gordon Banks. Um, 
and I don't think we'll ever see a goalkeeper of his like again. Not to do a disservice to the goalkeepers who are currently there, but I would say that he was uh, he was one in one in a generation, really, wasn't he? Probably, yeah, definitely. Especially English, I would mm, suggest. I think definitely. you look at what's come through, uh, especially in the last few years. I can't really think off the top of my head of one keeper for England no, who's going to. No. David Seaman, you could argue, but he always had a, a calamitous mistake in him. Especially when he falls over and bags himself in a World Cup. Or, yeah, just watches Ronaldinho's free kick sail over him. But. I mean, all keepers make mistakes. That's. I mean, we've spoken about that. The nutters, they're gonna make mistakes. Um, it's whether they, they, uh, they win more points for their team than they lose. Definitely, and that's the main thing, isn't it? It is. Well, thank you for listening, um, and we'll be back with you on Saturday.